When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Live. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now, from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 630 Shed. Entertaining, but in the end, not satisfying. The L.A. Kings hold off the Edmonton Oilers 6-4. The final tonight, Tyler Toffoli with two goals and two assists. Patrick Maroon scored twice for the Oilers. He now has 11 points in 12 games since becoming an Edmonton Oiler. Connor McDavid gets a couple of points. His point streak is extended to seven games, but the Oilers Go 0-5 against the Kings this season. It's 11:08. Thanks for tuning in along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, 780-496-0063. And we're going to jump right into the calls with a very special guest, a young man from Athabasca who was at the game tonight. It's Jay Onright. Jay, you're on with Rob and Reed. How are you doing? Guys, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be on. All I can t- I got to turn my radio down. That's right. I got to learn. I got to learn my lesson. Um, it's a pleasure to be on. I've figured out exactly what's wrong with this Oilers team. It's very simple. Uh, all they need is six new defenders. <laughs> <laughs> well, they got four injured that would be would be playing otherwise. Uh, Davidson, Party, Clefbaum, and Griba. Well, Party was signed because Griba got hurt. But uh, yeah, that's a big problem, buddy. Yeah, no, it was, uh, you know, it was an entertaining game. They took one period off. They took the second period off. That's fine. You can't play a whole game. Sometimes you need to take a period <laughs> off. Uh, so, Jay, the Oilers come down to L.A. Every t- everywhere the Oilers go right now, it- it's Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid, Connor McDavid. When the Oilers go to L.A., is there a buzz in L.A. when Connor McDavid comes down, at least in the hockey community? I thought there would be. There was less of one than I expected, Rob, to be honest with you. Um, I will say this, though. If if you've never been down to L.A. to see not just the Oilers but any team play the Kings, it's actually a a surprisingly uh, entertaining experience. I have to say the fans are very, very good. They sell the building out every night. They have a lot of passion for the team, and it's obviously easy to like a team like the Kings that's been so successful the last few years. But... Um, overall, a pretty fun experience and plenty of Oilers jerseys in the crowd. Uh, no question about that. But I will say this. Everyone uh, that I was uh, at the game with tonight was absolutely blown away by McDavid, uh, especially on that last goal, that 6-4 goal. My gosh, what a, what a treat to watch a kid like that just take over an entire, uh, an entire play. Uh, it was just mesmerizing, to be perfectly honest with you. So, you know, there's a silver lining. I suppose there's a silver <laughs> lining there. And I also agree with what Bob said earlier. Uh, absolutely not Laurent Brossois' fault uh, tonight. Uh, I feel like he was hung out to dry uh, a significant amount. Boy, I'm really going on and on. i got a lot to say, Robin Reed. <laughs> well, you've never called into overtime open line before. Jay Onright joining us, formerly of TSN. He's now with Fox Sports 1, based in Los Angeles. Uh, Jay, what Oilers besides McDavid... Uh, you mentioned you weren't impressed by the defense. What players impressed you tonight? I was impressed with Darnell Nurse. I'm I, I'm very very excited that that we seem to. Other than you mentioned Clef Baum and Davidson, I'm excited that that we seem to have a, a young defenseman who seems to be the real deal. Uh, he was absolutely terrific. I thought. Um, and then you know you mentioned Reed the fact that Patrick Maroon has been so good since he joined this team. I know this is sort of a broken record thing, but, um, you know, Patrick Maroon is obviously the exact kind of player this team has needed for a long time. And I guess maybe a lot of us hoped that, that Zach Cassian would be that player, but 
uh, watching Zach play tonight. I got to be honest, guys, that was pretty disappointing. He just doesn't seem to have um, that jam that he that he had in junior, and I don't know why he lost it because when he was in junior, he was a absolute force to be reckoned with. You thought he was going to be the next Milan Lucic, um, but but unfortunately, that just doesn't seem to be the case. But you know, uh, I will say overall, uh, a pretty interesting performance by by most of the team and uh and and everly was good too everly played pretty well as well so i'm starting to sound like a real a real caller just rambles on and on and you guys can't cut me off you're not as drunk as some of them though so okay. oh don't be so sure, I just, yeah you don't know that you don't know that Rob. <laughs> so i mean you got a huge fan base still up in canada how has the transmission from for you been going down there is everything going well you enjoying it is this is it everything you thought it was going to be we're about to be deported rob thanks for bringing it up no it's been going great uh it's just different you know the fact this is you know one of the few times i get to to talk about hockey is calling into a radio show in in canada um we don't get to, to cover hockey very much unfortunately um you know, it's, it's such a, it's not a fringe sport, but it's a niche sport down here. You know, the Kings, like I said, they sell the building out every night. But as far as the, the sports that they talk about here in Los Angeles, it's all about the Lakers and it's all about the Dodgers. Um, for me, I'm just loving living down here. My, my wife and my baby are loving it down here. Um, but, uh, but I wish we could talk a little more hockey, that's for sure. And Jay, just one more for you before you go. There, there's been a transition with the, the, the format of your, your television show. I mean, I know people fell in love with you and Dan in Canada because not only were you guys knowledgeable about sports, you were entertaining, you were willing to take chances in the way you entertain people. I know you've gone through a few different sort of uh, formats, I guess, down there, and, and, and you've been started, you started a kind of a little bit of a different one about five or six weeks ago. How is that catching on? I, it's going very, it's going very well. I have producer Tim, our long-suffering producer, uh, in the car with me, and uh, and uh, even producer Tim thinks it's going well. So if producer Tim thinks it's going well, it's got to be going amazingly well. Um, so you no, know, it's been fun. We're we're enjoying it. It's the concept uh, is basically that we want to try to be the daily show for sports. Um, you guys know how it is nowadays. Uh, you can find highlights on your phone. Uh, super easy. You don't have to wait till uh, you know eleven o'clock to watch your highlights anymore. So uh, it's uh, unfortunately the highlight show as we know it is sort of going away, and and so we wanted to do something a little different, a little more fun, and and that's exactly what we're doing. So we're having a good time with it, and uh, hopefully we can keep it going for a little while longer. All right, Jay. Really appreciate you taking the time to call. I'm glad you had fun at the game tonight. Too bad it wasn't a, a better result for your home province team, man. Uh, have fun tonight, and I'll see you soon. Okay, thank you, gentlemen, so much. Say hi to Bob Stopper and Bob Layton for me. Bless you both. <laughs> that is Jay Onright checking in tonight. The uh, Kings beat the Oilers 6-4. He was at the game. We're going to make Jay Onright our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price. Check out maauctions.com. Jensen just texted us, was this phone call planned? Uh, well, Jensen, if you don't know, uh, Jay and I are uh, friends, and uh, when he said he was going to the game, I said, here's the open line number if you want to call afterwards. So that that's as far as it was planned. I gave him the option, and uh, he was happy to get And he was at the game, so he, he saw everything that happened, and uh, as you heard, Rob, had an, had an opinion on well, it. Well, what's the gentleman we get from Phoenix? Is it Phoenix Chris? Chris from Phoenix is Chris from Phoenix. So we got Chris from Phoenix. We got Jay from L.A. now. We just need that one person in each... Uh, in each city to go for the, and then call us right afterwards, and we'll be set. Oilers lose 6-4 to the Kings. Maroon did score twice. McDavid and Everly each had uh, a goal and an assist, and we do have Chris from Phoenix online, too. Chris, how's it going? Good, man. Hey, uh, you know, I'll, I'll gladly be the uh, the voice of uh, the Oilers down here in Phoenix if uh, the Edmonton Oilers want to put me on payroll. I'm not <laughs> I'm not that expensive. <laughs> I'm pretty cheap. Uh doesn't take much. A couple of autographed jerseys here and there, and I'll be uh, I'll be all good. Um, I, I'm kind of disappointed. Um, I don't normally gripe about the, the officiating, but the officiating in the NHL is just so hit and miss sometimes. 
And and if you're gonna, you need to set a precedence. If you're gonna call one ticky tack uh, penalty, you need to you need to call the same thing throughout. Uh, same thing with this this uh, BS goalie interference. Like how many how many goals have we lost this year uh, because of, of ticky tack goalie interference? I can remember one against uh, against Calgary. We're, we're on the power play, I believe, and Connor nicked the goalie, and they called it back. And here you got Milan Lucic, who like literally kicks out Slewfoot's our goalie, and it doesn't count. It counts as a goal. Um, I just don't get it. And, and then and then also the way that they're letting these these last few games. Um, First in Phoenix, you get uh, Ryan Nugent-Hopkins who gets his like face taken off. Uh, gets there's no penalty on the play. There's no there's no uh, subsequent uh, repercussions by the safety, uh, which and he's got a concussion. Let alone, but then you got Nurse who gets three games for tooling Pollock, and then Pollock. Uh, I remember having a little um, a feud with uh, some stupid Leafs fan on Twitter saying that Pollock was a tough guy, and uh, the next time that they played the Oilers, he was gonna he was gonna show Nurse. He didn't do anything. To me, that's uh, that, that is so bush league right there. That uh, San Jose has to call up a tough guy to, to take on one of our star players. Uh, where was Pollock? Pollock to, to stand up and, and uh, defend himself on that. So I'm, I'm just uh, I don't get it sometimes. But uh, five five losses against LA, and I think every single one of them was a uh, one goal loss. Uh, well, there was and, the f- uh, one game was 5-2 where Talbot had oh, a rare okay. off night and let in those three goals in 96 oh, okay. seconds or whatever it was. But yeah, the other ones well, were kinda, one goal, and this was one goal plus an empty net. I kind of wish when I went down in LA there was more Oilers jerseys. I don't know what Jay saw, because when I was down there, man, it was like, it was black and white or, or whatever, so... But yeah, like I said, hey, throw in a good word for Chad or uh, or Oilers, and uh, I'll be the voice of the Oilers down here. Great show, guys. <laughs> Love the show, and uh, let's go, Oilers. All right, Chris, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 6-4, the Kings win it tonight. Crazy game. It was 1-1 by the time. <laughs> that was an amazing first minute. It was 1-1, 36 seconds into the game. Toffoli at 14 seconds, Everly at 36. McDavid one-handed the puck straight into the net off Vincent LeCavier's stick to make it 2-1, and then Jeff Carter scored. And, I, you know, I, I try I, I try not to be, uh, well, I don't think I am. I don't think I am a homer, but that was a frustrating play for me because it was, in my mind, that is blatantly goalie interference. I, I mean, it says, I'll read, the, I'll read the rule book here, Rob. We actually get paper copies of the rule book. If an attacking player initiates any contact with a goalkeeper other than incidental contact, contact and the goal is scored, the goal will be disallowed. That was not incidental contact. That was... Because you actually looked it, up the word was, incidental. Yeah, incidental means accompanying but not a major part of something. I mean, that was a major part of the play. Because our goaltender ended up laying on his back. Got no, knocked down. Well, it's funny. There's There's been a number of goals that in Edmonton games this year, but also around the league, and they've showed it on the replays at the end of the night, where there's very little contact. And they've disallowed the goal because of it. And I get mad at that. I'm like, if if that's if it's not affecting, if, if a goalie's blocker gets touched, right. but but it doesn't or affect... they move into each move, other yeah, at the same time. I, I, I disagree with those being disallowed because it's not affecting the goaltender's ability to make the save. This one... His, you, the, the video was so damning against Lucic. His foot was right behind Elby's uh, foot. He pulls it through. All of a sudden, Elby goes flying. He's laying on his back, and you've got Carter's got a wide open net to shoot at. I, I don't understand. I, I guarantee you, in, after the period, that Carter and Lucic in the dressing room, I, I can't believe they allowed that goal. I, I've, of all the goals that we've seen this year that have been uh, disallowed, I mean, I bet you there's 50% of them were way less than what we saw tonight. So I, I'm shocked, but again, it goes to the fact that the referee is deciding on his own call. And he's like, well, you know what, I, I'm gonna th- I think it was outside the crease. I think this guy was pushed in. Bad call by the referee, bad replay evaluation by the referee. That should not have been a goal. Yeah, and look, it's not why the Oilers lost. It was in the first period. It was still 2-2 at the time. The Oilers were not good enough in uh, in the second period, getting outscored 3-0. But if you want us to talk about that individual play, quite frankly, I thought it was uh, the referees awful blew call. it. And it just just get rid of video review then. Just don't re- just don't video review goalie interference because it's a farce. It's a it's a like they brought it in because of the interference call 
uh, last year against in New York and Washington that might have cost the Capitals the series, and it was supposed to help fix that. It, it has it has fixed nothing. So just don't don't review it then. Well, I, I honestly don't think, and we've talked about this before, that if they're going to review it, review it in Toronto on the 55 or 65-inch screen TVs instead of the ref deciding his own call on a little mini iPad at, at rink level. It makes no sense. No sense at all. you got some guy in Toronto that got a 60-inch screen TV, and he's not the one making the call. It's the ref with a little mini iPad. No, it's just dumb, and hopefully that's a rule that gets changed. 6-4, the Kings win. That means a $200 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, courtesy of Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. Booster Juice donating 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long, so 200 tonight. All right, we got Greg on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Greg. Hey, how are you guys doing? Doing very well. Well, I just want to say that missed call with the cross-check on Yakubov at the end of the game was kind of BS. But uh, all in all, uh, not just the other games, the uh, overall refing this year has been brutal, in my opinion. And, it's, and and something needs to get done about it because it's inconsistent. It's, it's and, and not just being like tonight's game, but it's inconsistent. There's like the goal interference call. That was clearly goaltender interference. But, you know, you, you, you brush a guy, oh, it's goal interference. You trip a guy, no goal interference. So they need to do something about it. And I also think that uh, the, the, the Toronto War Room should be the ones who are uh, um, the ones that make the call on whether or not it's, uh, it's overturned or not overturned. Yeah, well, yeah, you're preaching to the choir there for sure, Greg. I, I mean, that's... That's the that's the mind-boggling th- thing to me, and, and I mean I I don't know like the penalties tonight. The Oilers did have four power plays, and the Kings only had one. So, I mean I don't know if we want to. I, I don't know if I'd want to spend too much time on that because they they did have more man advantages. But but the the goalie interfere like Rob said, it hasn't been consistent. You can watch highlights around the league. I don't I don't understand. Like it's at the point where I guess we I guess he hung up, but it's at the point where I don't understand what the rule is and I would like to think I've watched enough hockey in my life and this year to to be right most of the time but I'm I'm rarely right about it on this or one I rarely wind up seeing what the refs see but I I really would like an explanation on them obviously well, we're I'll not read you old the explanation. yeah but I, I know but I I'd like a real explanation not the one that you read earlier well, that, I should read it to everybody all right then uh, this is what the NHL put out. After reviewing all available replays and consulting with NHL hockey operations staff, the referee confirmed no goaltender interference infractions occurred before the puck crossed the line. So basically the question is, or here's, here's the progression. We have called goaltender interference. Why did we call goaltender interference? Because we called goaltender interference. It's, it's not good enough. It's, it's unfair to the fans. Well, I, and like let's let's finish this, Rob, because we're probably sounding a little bit like well, I am maybe that we're whining about it. So I'll give you the the last word. But it's it's not it's not fair to the players and the teams, and it's not fair to the fans who invest their time watching this game and want to understand it and be passionate about it that they see calls that are that inconsistent. I I just look forward to hearing why. I mean, Todd McClellan obviously got and uh, was told what, why they disallowed it. Or excuse me, why they allowed it. Uh, he didn't look happy when the referee was over at the bench. Hopefully in his post-game, one of the reporters will ask him what the ref said. Because I'd just be interested in, to know why when Lucic tripped LB, that isn't considered interference. He's got to have a reason because the goalie was laid down and they saw in the replay that he was tripped. So there has to be a reason why they do not think that that is goalie interference. Hopefully Todd McClellan in his post-game uh, speech will will enlighten us to, as to what the referee said. All right, we will get to that. Where Gary is next up on the phone lines. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. We're going to have your save of the game as well. Oilers fall 6-4 in Los Angeles. Kind of a crazy game tonight. We'll continue to break it down. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team, overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And now you've got Andy Andrea calling for the puck as Toffoli. Breaks free, high slot, shoots! What a save for Swamp! 
That is your save of the game tonight, brought to you by Armor Insurance, working today to protect your tomorrow. Laurent Brassois still looking for his first career win. He makes 27 stops tonight, takes the loss. Kings beat the Oilers 6-4. Overall, Rob, how would you assess Brassois tonight? Uh, okay. Um, I, there was some that he didn't get any help on. I mean, if you go through the goals tonight, the, the Foley standing by himself in front of the net gets two whacks on it the first 14 seconds of the game. Jeff Carter, that was the one where he was knocked over by Lucic. He's got no chance on that one. Toffoli had an unbelievable one where he walked around. Poor um, Cracknell, Cracknell got yeah. back on defense. He got back on defense, and he can't play defense. So don't use him on defense anymore. But uh, And Toffoli walked in, and it was unbelievable goal. That one, a great shot. And then there was the one... Andreoff was laying in front, and it, it was it was a weird one. He was trying to grab the puck, LB was, but the puck was stuck in, in, in Osterley's foot, and he couldn't get his, his glove around it. He eventually gets knocked by him. Maybe he, he does a better job covering down low. I don't know. And then the, the Lewis one, that's the one where he was expecting the puck to come off the backboard, and it didn't. It didn't come out far enough, and now he's standing out there. He can't touch the puck. He's got no defensive help, and he overcommitted sliding back to the net and eventually couldn't get back up. So just okay. Not, not Obviously not good enough to get a win in the National Hockey League. Now, does, does, does Secker need to f- come back for that puck? No, it, it, and I, I know that Bob kept talking about a miscommunication, and, and I don't believe it was a miscommunication. It was just a misread by both Secra and, and LB. They both thought the puck was going to come off the backboards. It looked like it had plenty of speed going in. It was going to bounce, and then once it came over the goal line, LB was going to pass it. Well, the puck all of a sudden hit a snowbank and stops about six inches short of the goal line. He's not allowed to play it now. Sekra had already committed to being the, the outlet pass, and now all of a sudden, LB's trying to get back into the net, and all the players coming back, they saw LB standing out there. They're thinking offense because they feel their goalie's going to get the puck. When he doesn't, they're in scramble mode, and the, the only player that actually read it right was Trevor Lewis, and he's the guy that scored the goal. 6-4, the Kings take it. 780-496-0063. We have Gary on the line. Hey, Gary, go ahead. Hey, Reed, Rob, happy Easter to you guys. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Uh, well, we discussed enough about ref and the other calls earlier, and I tell you, <laughs> over the years I've been watching hockey, it's gotten worse, and uh, I don't know, they got to do something about this. I mean, could you imagine if it was a playoff game and you make brutal calls like that? It could really affect the turn of the game. Uh, it's not just the order games. Other games I've watched, I'm sure other fans have too, you kind of shake your head and scratch your head, whatever, and you say, what, what, what was that? You know, inconsistency. It's unbelievable. they gotta, they got to shore up the refereeing big time. Uh, I don't know, do these guys go through training after the offseason? Do they go through the rule book again? I don't know. But you got eight eyes watching the game, four, one ref and three linesmen, and I don't know what they're seeing. I just don't understand, you know, as a fan. And you watching the game, whether you're at the game live or watching TV, and I'm not a professional ref, but I know what a cross-check is, what holding is and that. And you kind of look at, look at these guys and say, what, what, what do they see, you know? I don't understand it, you know? Okay, that's my first point. Uh, second point, um, I'm proud that the Oilers never throw the towel in. The uh, last few years they would have, but they, they, they came to the third period. They made a game of it. It wasn't for the, for the um, missed call in regards to the goal interference. Uh, and that goal, and also the uh, the mix-up with Sakira and uh, and uh, Lawrence Bissois, it could have been a lot closer game. Uh, that's my second point. Third point, the defense, once again, um, you got to clear guys in front of net. Uh, put them on their butts, uh, tie their stick up, or get in front of whatever. And that's why we're losing a lot of these games, too. And I think, uh, my personal opinion, I think they're sure to uh, put Talbot in net tonight. Yeah, all good points, uh, Gary. The thing is, I mean, Brassois here. They can't, I mean, they could send him down, but they're not allowed to call anybody else up, and you have to have two goalies. So if Brassois here, they got to play him. They're not going to make the playoffs. Um, I know fans still want to see wins. I, I totally get that. I, I'm not going to argue with you there, but... It's for next year. It's, it's not for, for this year. You might as well. You got to see how he does. So right over the last few games, they've started him every third game. So. Well, and here's the thing too, Reed. When they when they got rid of Nielsen, when they brought LB up, when they gave LB the new contract, all all arrows were pointing towards LB being the backup goaltender next year. 
Now they wanted to make sure he got, and we, we said it, we thought that he would get five to six starts at that one point through the remainder of the season just to see what they got. Well, now that you've seen, there's questions. I mean, they wanted him to be the backup goaltender next year. He still hasn't won a game. His save percentage is in the It'll be like 880 80s, yeah. and he's giving up four or five goals a night. And I like LB, and I think he's going to have a nice career. But if you're the GM, Peter Shirelli, now are you thinking, okay, do we need to get another backup goalie for Talbot next year and let LB get some more games in the AHL? Because it, not putting this on LB, but he still has not been good enough yet in his National Hockey League starts in the last little while. So it, it is just one more uh, thing that shirelli has got to think about in the offseason. I don't think he was thinking about it, but I think now it, at least it's in the back of his mind. Is LB good enough to be the backup here next year? Yeah, I I, I mean, well, we, we saw from this training camp, I mean, they will create competition, so mm-hmm. hopefully he'll... Now, will the person he signs be good enough? That's going to be the question, but... I, I wouldn't be surprised to see a, a goaltender added who maybe has some NHL experience, even if maybe he hasn't played a lot in the NHL recently, just just to see if they can get some competition and give Talbot a, a more solid... I think LB would get there. He's not there yet. No, not, I not near, absolutely not agree. Not near there yet. Yep. 11-37, Oilers lose 6-4 to the Kings. We just miss the Japanese village goal light. The Oilers have to score five or more in a game for us to turn that on. You can go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer to Japanese Village, three locations downtown, south side and north side. All right, we got our old friend Rocket on the line. Hey, Rocket. Hey, how you doing, guys? Doing well. Uh, I thought uh, the Oilers played uh, a, a good game. A good game today overall. I thought they had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of energy throughout the game, and you know, showed no quit. And I think the showing no quit is the most important part of. It part of the picture whether they win or lose at this point it's it's probably a trying time to play these last remaining few games but everybody uh, you know should have something to fight for and it looked like that they uh, that they did tonight and I thought uh, I thought as far as the officiating you know you guys have been getting a lot of calls about the refereeing and there's probably three or four I saw two on Neil Yakupov one behind the net where he got mugged and the other one was a cross check and you know the um, the other two obvious ones there, on the, the one on the goaltender for sure. But, uh, you know, um, I guess, I don't know. if yeah, I was listening to Sportsnet in, in between, and they were talking about they want more goals in the NHL, so maybe they the 50-50 stuff doesn't go that way anymore. Just wanted to see what your thoughts were on that. Well, I mean, to me, getting more goals, some of the time just make the right call. Make the right call on the goalie interference. I, I I don't know. There's been so many, so much this year with the, the replays that have taken so many goals away. Some that you would say, okay, you know, that seriously that should have been a goal, and it was ticky tack, and they take it away. This one tonight shouldn't have been a goal simply because the goalie was laid out. Um, it's as far as the game, and you talked about the the effort by the Oilers. I thought the Oilers played well, worked hard, and tonight was one of those ones. Simply they played a team that was better than them. There's been games this year where they, uh, the effort wasn't there for a full 60 or, you know, the mistakes were made. Tonight I thought, you know, they worked hard. They competed. They battled. The LA Kings are a better hockey club than them. And, the they, L- and they, don't, they don't have any, everybody either, and they still played well. Yep. And that's the thing, right? Like, they, didn't ha- they don't have all the injured guys back and that you, you need in, in, in uh, close games like that, which it was for quite a while. Rocket, we're going to finish the play with you, buddy. You've already won 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express. If you're right, you can qualify for the grand prize draw, $1,000 to Integra Tire. Love your ride with Integra Tire. Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, Stony Plain. Here we go. And L.A., to its credit, has found the extra gear. But off this draw, here's a three-on-two for the Oilers. Everly shoots! All right, Rocket, goal or no goal? No. No goal. And L.A., to its credit, has found the extra gear. But off this draw, here's a three-on-two for the Oilers. Everly shoots. What a save by Mike Quick. That was a great save by Jonathan Quick. Rocket hang on the line so Matthew can get your information. And, and I mean, back to the goaltending. Look, it, this, it, two, two high-scoring games in a row. Uh, 6-3 with an empty netter for the Oilers. 6-4 with an empty netter for the Kings tonight. 
Cam Talbot was better than James Reimer. Was he miles better? No, but he was better. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Quick, I mean, that save there on Everly, great save coming across, and the save on Maroon in the second period. Maroon and Everly were hugging each other. I know, that was funny. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, Maroon was eight inches from the goal line. He was, he, he was too close to lift it. He was too close to put it farther away from the nope. pad. But still, that's usually a goal. And Quick, I mean, that, I mean that's a goal 95% of the time. Quick stopped it. And that Everly chance that we played, that's probably a goal 65% of the time, and he stopped them both. Well, yeah, and you would expect going into the game, you look at the two starting goaltenders, that the L.A. would have a huge advantage. I mean, Jonathan Quick is one of the best goalies in the world and has been for a number of years and and knows how to win big games, as we've seen with a couple Stanley Cups. So the L.A. Kings should have a huge advantage in net in a game tonight, and and they did. And he Jonathan Quick, who was not as great as he has been, was still uh, much better than LB. And in the end of the night, goaltending became a factor and the the team with the better goaltending won. You are going to hear from Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. When we get back, the Kings take it 6-4. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 6.30, Chad. The Oilers go 0-5 against the Los Angeles Kings this season. 6-4, L.A. takes it tonight. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, just how would you describe that one uh, game where you guys wrap up this three-game road trip here? Um, uh, well, obviously disappointing. The... Uh, you know, we, I thought there was times during the game where we played well. Um, we had good performances from some players, um, some average from from others. Um, you know, I thought the difference in the game was our play in and around our pa- our paint. Uh, they did a good job of establishing body position, getting second and third opportunities. Um, so that was uh, one of them. The shorthanded goal was a big uh, a big part of it, and the uh, disallowed goal also, I think, had played a big role in in the game tonight. Short-handed one. LB couldn't go inside the trapezoid. Yeah, he it died on him, and then he didn't get back in time, and there was mass confusion. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it was probably one that probably broke our back. Maroon continues to play well. Yeah, that line was had 12 shots on goal, scored a couple goals. Uh, it's easily been our best line. It's not even close, and uh, you know he's uh, complements those other two real well. So we're, we're happy with that group. We need to get more from some others. He doesn't seem to have any trouble keeping up. I mean, he's a big guy, but he's able to keep up. Well, he's up. got hands and he's smart. Um, there's some really fast guys in the league that go all over the place and, and really don't get anything done. Um, he reminds me of an Andrew Chuck type guy that's smart and knows where to go and how to get there and, and then is effective when he, when he does arrive. He said, I just figured it was 5-2. I may, I may as well fight the Lucci. Yeah, I, I don't know how that... Uh, you know, I don't know what happened there or how it happened, but uh, if that's what he was doing, then so be it. What they tell you on that goal, which was, should not have been a goal? You think so? <laughs> really? It didn't look like a goal. Well, I would agree with you, obviously. Um, I was told it was interference, but then I was told the goaltender, uh, I think I was told the goaltender should have got up and made a different selection of save. So, I don't know. Massive confusion on my behalf. Um, LB just can't get a win. And I can be easily confused, but that one, boy, oh, boy. And LB just can't get a win. eh? Well, you know what? I still think he needs to be better. He's got things to learn just like the rest of our team. And, uh, you know, he he has to be better in certain situations. I think the shorthanded goal was some indecision. Uh, I think there was some some longer shots with rebounds that he can, can control. And yet he makes some really good saves. So... Um, he's probably a little bit like some of our younger players uh, that are, are learning their way through and learning how to handle uh, top-notch uh, competition. I, I look at Leon, I look at Kopitar tonight. They're both tremendous players. And one of these days, I hope Leon can get to Kopitar's level. But, um, you know, his puck protection skills were elite tonight. And um, it's a good learning tool for, for some of our players, Leon uh, in particular. Just having trouble with his rebounds, or having trouble finding the puck in the crease. Um, uh, well, we didn't help him a lot. Remember, I talked about our play in the paint, and our body position wasn't real strong. So, uh, you know, they're they're going to score some of those, but I, I just think he can be sharper, and you know, he's, it just goes to show he's got a lot to learn, and we'll support him with that and try and help him as as the time goes on. 
All right, so we were wondering what McClellan was was going to tell us that he'd been told about the the no goal. So it, it almost seems to me like he was told, well, yeah, it was goaltender interference, but your goalie had time to get up. Which is which is stupid. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, you were slashed in the head, but why'd you lie on the ice for five seconds? So we're not going to call it. I don't know. No, it it's... It, it it should have been no goal, and I mean, I I don't understand. I just don't understand. I I do like the the other things, the other assessments of the game by by Todd. They were very weak in in the blue paint, as we we saw that tonight. They the LA a much bigger, stronger team up front than they're they're used to playing, and the Oilers have some limitations uh, on the back end right now with the number of injuries, and and it showed tonight more so than any game we've seen in a while because the LA Kings are a team that likes to cycle and take the puck to the net and it showed that the Oilers have some some problems on the back end and his assessment of LB he he needs to be better and uh, it's I mean I I don't know if we could have said it any better just simply he needs to be better he's still learning but if you want to win at the National Hockey League you got to be better than you've been 11-49, 11-49, Oilers lose 6-4 to the Kings. Starting Brassois tonight, our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. 780-496-0063, we have Jonathan on the line. Hey, Jonathan. Hey, Robin Reed. Uh, good evening from Port Nelson. Oh, hi. Uh, um, just a, a couple of comments. Um I, I would agree with the coach, you know, that uh, that LB needs to uh, work on his game a little more, become uh, uh, more efficient, more um, intelligent, uh, more skilled. Um, in his defense, though, uh, we have seen uh, superstar number one goalies make egregious errors, uh, I mean, LB was at least smart enough not to play the puck outside the trapezoid. He shouldn't have left his, his crease, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Sekera should have been on that puck and not counted on his goalie to make a play. He should have just kept on going, um, or at least taken the man. Uh, I mean, look at, for example, Hattie Boulin, uh races out of the crease to play the puck at the at the right face-off dot, gets caught, and there's a goal against. Uh, Rollison has done the same thing. Uh, Sallow has done the same thing. And I'm just pointing out the, the Edmonton goalies that I've seen make these errors in the past. So it, it all comes down to he made a bad decision. Now, on the other goals, if you were to think back upon them, or replay them in your mind, would Talbot have made those saves? I mean, you, you can't you can't say that with any certainty whether he could or exactly. not. But Talbot Talbot's a much better goaltender right now. Oh, oh, absolutely, he is. And I don't but, think and I don't think Todd is really pointing out just the goals. I think he's pointing out there there were when when first of all with. Uh, LB coming out of the net on that one. He he needed to come out of the net. That was the right play. But then he had to assess it quickly and get back into the net. And he, he took too long. He hesitated, as Todd said. Sekra shouldn't have come back to get the puck because his goaltender was out. And as long as his goaltender stays out, he believes that the goaltender is getting it. So he's got to get into an outlet position. That one is the, the hesitation by... LB caused Sekra to stay away and caused all the players to be in offensive positions instead of defensive. So it was a hesitation. And as I didn't fo- look at it that way, but okay, well, yeah. yeah, but that that that's the way it was, though. I mean, that that's a hesitation. The players they know that if the goalie comes out to play the puck, they got to get into a position there where they're an outlet guy. So the players went exactly where they were supposed to go. When the puck didn't come out, now they were in trouble. When it comes to what Todd McClellan was talking about, wasn't the goals he talked about that LB let in today? He talked about the long shots, not getting the rebounds into the proper positioning, having to fight through the screens, things like that. And it's something that we've seen in a number of games with LB. He, he's been right. beat on shots. Uh, you go back to the game where Neil from Nashville scored a couple goals on him. Those are, I mean, good shots, but he's got to be able to make those saves. So there, there's, he's a work in progress, and, and he's going to be. He's still a young kid that's just learning what it's. He's only got five, six NHL games under his belt. 
it's it's a huge difference between the AHL and the NHL. Jonathan, thanks for calling, man. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. It's 11:53. Kings beat the Oilers 6-4 tonight. The goal scores for Edmonton Maroon got two Eberly and McDavid. You're going to hear from Connor McDavid when we get back. Terry Pranich overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score in Los Angeles, Kings 6, Oilers 4. Connor McDavid had a goal and an assist. He now has 10 points on a seven-game point streak. Here's McDavid. Connor, just, you know, I know you guys made it close in the end. How tough is it to, to go down the way you guys did tonight? Yeah, you can't really go down three against these guys in, the, in this building. So um, you know, we did a, a very good job coming back late in the game there. Uh, you know, you kind of see what happens when we play desperate hockey. We, uh, we really, you know, give them all they can handle. Uh, you know, we've done that a, a couple of times late in games, uh, you know, not just against these guys. So um, it's tough to come back from three, but I thought we did a good job. Score that goal to, to give you guys the lead, and then they tie it up, and there's a controversy. How much did that hurt any momentum you guys might have had going? Uh, it's so early in the game that um, you know can't really affect you too much. Um, it, it should it have been a goal? I don't know. It's not really up for me to decide. So um, you know, it's the ref's call, and um, so it goes. All right, that is Connor McDavid, that interview with Tom Gazzola of EdmontonOilers.com. we got to bring you the midnight news and weather. John, you are up next on the open line, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. 6-4, the Oilers lose in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score tonight, Kings 6, Oilers 4. Tyler Toffoli, two goals and two assists. Jeff Carter, two and one. Lucic, three assists for the Kings. For the Oilers, Maroon scored twice. McDavid and Everly each had a goal and an assist. Osterley, Clendenning, and Sekera with helpers tonight. The Oilers go one and two on their three-game road trip. They were down 5-2 after two. Maroon scored twice in the third. The Oilers pushed with the goalie out, but Carter got an empty net. Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins with you. Good morning. It is 12.05, and we have John on the line. Hey, John, go ahead. Yeah, hey, guys. After that uh, news report from at midnight, I think I'll lighten the mood first of all a little bit. I think the Oilers need to add somebody to their training staff for next year. With all the injuries they've had, I think they need a witch doctor to get this bad voodoo that they're getting cleared away with all their injuries. Yeah, well, this year's been uh, pretty pretty bad. I didn't check today, but uh, just depending on how you count the man games, the, the Oilers and the Devils have been 1-2 uh, pretty much for the last couple of months. Yeah, it's been brutal. Does, uh, have you guys got any opinion as to why so many more guys are getting injured? Is it like overtraining or... Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't know. Uh, it's bad luck, and it's not. I don't know. If it's more this year. I mean, it seems like the last few years, the Oilers have had a, a large number of players go down with injuries. And the thing that happens with the Oilers, it's always their top players. It's guys that are eating up. You know, anywhere from 18 to 23 minutes are the guys that are going down, which puts a lot of pressure on guys who don't normally pay, play big minutes to have to step in and do it. So. The Oilers' depth isn't good enough yet for them to be able to sustain uh, injuries to their top players and continue on and and push for playoff spots. So yeah. it, it, it's been a tough run for the Oilers the last couple of years with all the star players continuing to go down with long-term injuries. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys were talking about Brassois. How old is he right now? Uh, I think LB. he's 22. Right. So let me double-check. I remember what his birthday is. Uh, sorry, he's 23. He just... Yeah. No, wait. Uh, what is the date today? He just turned 23 on March 23rd. Well, give him some time yet, guys. <laughs> Everybody's no. saying, oh, we need another goalie. Well, maybe for a backup. But, yeah, don't don't write him off already. Jeez. <laughs> oh, no, they're not writing him off. But I think for next year, maybe maybe it'll be better if he's in the AHL. Oh, or yeah, probably. Or for half the year, who knows, yeah. I'm just saying that, you know, there's already some grumblings, you know, people you, that you talk to and off. Oh, Forget it already, and you know, come on, goalies. Everybody knows 25 if you're lucky. 
before they're really established in the NHL, maybe even older than that. Well, it, but it's the thing that it's nice right now is we're talking about a guy that might or might not be a backup goalie. We're not talking about a number one because the Oilers right now feel pretty confident in, in having a very, very good number one goaltender for the next few years in Cam Talbot. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He had that tough stretch at the start of the year, and he's been he's been as good as anybody out there since, pretty much. John, thanks a lot for calling. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Patrick Maroon with 11 points in 12 games as an Oiler. Pat, I know it was a desperate finish there at the end. You popped in a couple, but overall that uh, second period when they popped in a few goals, how much did that bury you guys? It did. It buried us hard. Um, we didn't break out clean or turn pucks over again and led into three unanswered goals for them. And that's what happens. We let LB out the dry, I thought. I thought we got to start playing better in front of them. Uh, that second period wasn't good enough. I thought you scored in the second period, obviously. I mean, you had the, you made a great save on you. Oh, man. Got the foot across on you. Get your hands in the air. Yeah. Like I thought I scored there. I made a hell of a save on the toe cap. And um, unfortunately, you know, that could have been, a, I think, a 3-3 game. Could have changed the momentum, maybe, hopefully. Uh, but I thought they played all in our zone in the second period. We had no, no momentum. And just try to, but I thought we played a really good third period, the last, 10 minutes. I thought we played really strong, uh, but obviously it wasn't good enough. That stupid trapezoid rule, obviously LB couldn't come outside the trapezoid and you get caught kind of in no man's land or he's going to take a penalty or puck just died on him. The ref said he could have got up, but I don't know how you can get up on a slew foot. I mean, that's LB's read. I mean, he's sliding across, so I mean, that's, that's a goal that that shouldn't be counting. That's where the inconsistency comes from. That that call. I don't like that call. I mean, so I don't. I mean, it's pointless. But I mean, that's not the re- reason why we lost the game. Uh, but we had our opportunities. All right, that's Patrick Maroon tonight. Yeah, well, he had the Oilers' best opportunity that didn't turn into a goal. That uh, great save by Quick in the second period. The Kings get three in the second period tonight. That's been a weak period for the Oilers all season long, despite the other night against the San Jose Sharks. Rob, you made a good point before we brought Maroon in that a year ago we were saying, well, the Oilers probably need two new goalies. Mm-hmm. Um, now you're saying, now we're saying they need a backup. That I mean, that is a better situation. Talbot's, you know what, actually, you know, Talbot actually didn't start the year that bad, the mm-hmm. first few games. The Oilers could not score. I mean, they had that three-game road trip to start the year. They got shut out in Nashville. St. Louis, they only got a goal in the first game because the Blues accidentally shut it in their own net. Um, but around that Calgary goal, he had he had some rough outings, uh, you know, Halloween and into November, and, and Nielsen took over. Camp Talbot, in my mind, is the Oilers' MVP this season. Yeah. I would go with that too. He's been good, and it, and we point out the fact that he had a rough stretch. I don't know if there's a goalie in the league that hasn't had a rough stretch. And we're talking Lundqvist. He he struggled for a while this year. Uh, Quick has had a, a, a struggle. One of the best in the league, Corey Schneider, went through a, a stretch where he was not as strong. All the best goalies, just like the best players, have have stretches where they're not as good. But it's when they are on their game, how good they are, and the normally consistently over the course of the season, uh, it, it's 90 to 95% of the times they start, they're good in. And Cam Talbot's been that. Uh, LB could be the backup. He might not be the backup. But seriously, it's, it, it's it, it, from where the Oilers have been in the past, when we're looking for anybody that can play net and give us a consistent start to the fact that now we got a guy, you know, he's probably going to play 55 to 65 games. Now we're just looking for that guy to give that give Cam a break. So whether it's LB or if they bring someone else in, it's a much easier hole to fill when you're looking for a backup goalie than it is to find a number one starter. The Oilers have their number one guy. 6-4 Kings win it. We have Brad on the line. Hey, Brad, thanks for calling. Hi, Reed. Hi, Rob. Uh, my question to you guys is, when are we going to start bringing the tough guys back in and standing up for the team. You know, back in the days when there used to be Messier and whoever else, 
you know, we, you know, why don't we have those players there anymore to stand up for them? Well, the the Oilers That's went out. Question, the Oilers went out and got Cassian. They went out and got Maroon. They went out and got Cracknell. Uh, those are well, big... Cracknell doesn't play much. No, but they went out and got him. So he's a guy that they went out and got. The, the, if you're looking for a Messier, that's different. You're talking about a Hall of Famer. They're not easy to find. You, the Oilers have a Gazdick. He's not strong enough player to play. And if you look around the league, uh, the NHL is is getting rid of the guy that sits on the bench and plays six minutes a night and and protects his teammates. It's not no. there. And as as far as the Oilers, I I don't know when the Oilers have had a, a reason to put someone in the lineup. When is the last time you see, saw the Oilers get... I, I know a couple of years ago, Gagne got two-handed by casting across the face, but I, I can't remember a time this year where I'm thinking, geez, I wish we would have had someone tough in the lineup to protect them. You know, we're obviously not in the playoffs anymore. It gets to be the point where like, like, let's just stand up for the players. Okay, but when, when tell me a, a point where someone need, the Oilers needed someone to stand up for them. I don't know what you mean. I mean well, okay, you know. you're, you're saying that the Oilers need to go out and get a tough guy that's going to stand up for them, correct? Yeah. Yep. Okay, when when have the Oilers been pushed around to the point they needed someone to go out and stand up for them? <laughs> every game. Re- Almost every game. Really? They needed someone to go out and fight for them? Mm-hmm. I, I don't see that. Honestly, I don't. I, I mean, do you think if, if Luke you know, Gazdick... Nurse, go, nurse goes out there, and who stands up with Nurse? Nurse, nurse fought for himself. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but he's yeah. other than Nurse. Yeah. Well, Maroon fought Lucic tonight. I mean, Lucic is one of the toughest in the league. The game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and that's what I'm saying. I think they need more of that. They need to put some toughness back in their game. Well, well, that, but they need but they need guys who can play hard but can also play, Brad. Like 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 Maroon. I mean, that's I I I don't know if you just mean toughness or if you mean fighting. I mean, sure, they need to be a better forechecking team. I, I don't well, know if you they know, need. I mean, I mean all of the above. All of the above, Reed. I mean, I mean they need. They need. Of course, they, they they've got to be a talented guy. They, you know, they got to be able to stand up on their own feet and skate. But you know, they're 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 getting pushed around too much. They're they're just being knocked all over the place, in my view. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> it would be great if they had twenty Milan Lucic, but those players are not. You can't find them. I mean, they're just they're, there's very few and far between. I, I think the Oilers addressed. They, they knew they had to get bigger and more physical, and Shirelli wouldn't address that. He went in, out and he, he got a Griba, he got a Party, he got a Cracknell, he got a Cassian, he got a, a a Maroon. Those are bigger, more physical hockey players. So I mean, he he knows what they need, but as, I mean, I I don't know what players other players you look. You're not going to go get fighters because you don't need fighters. It, they, they can't play in the league, so you got to get guys that are big and strong, which is great, and they're looking for that. But they're if someone's got a guy that's a six foot four guy that can skate and fight and score, they're not going to get rid of them because they want them on their team. I, I don't think the I mean the Oilers played the LA Kings tonight. I don't think they got pushed around. I think the the Oilers defense is deficient right now because they're missing four guys with injuries, and and it showed. But up front, I mean, I, I I thought the Oilers they competed hard and they battled hard against this team. I think I looked at it the the hitting. I think the Oilers actually out hit the LA Kings today. It was close. Thirty five, thirty one. That's if you can trust that. Yeah. Stat. So they and so that's the homers gave the Oilers more hits. Yeah, I I, I just I just think uh, you know I, I I guess I'm dating myself when I go back to the age of the you know the old teams and you know back when. Um, you, you, you know those, those players they were taken care of the, the, the star players were allowed to skate down the ice and do what they needed to do And do you, well I mean okay, the Chicago Blackhawks three Stanley Cups who's their tough guy uh, I don't know they have none I mean they, they just play they play hockey um, you don't I I, I this is a different era now. It's a completely different era. And you're going back to the days when, I mean, there were brawls. There's not fighting anymore in the National League. Very little. Yeah. 
I mean, I don't. I mean, Taylor Hall. I mean, Taylor. What did he get hit once tonight? Twice. I mean, the, the the skilled players. I mean, the Oilers scored four goals tonight, so they're able to score. They scored six against the San Jose Sharks, another big physical hockey club. So they've scored ten goals in this California trip. So their skilled players have been able to play. Connor, Connor McDavid. I don't remember him getting hit tonight. So he what was, I don't like is the fact that you know, like obviously, what they're what the Oilers are doing is not working. No, well, well that's because their players aren't good enough. Their players aren't good enough. Yeah, but Brad, I I think Rob's point is, so I mean, Cassian was acquired by Shirelli. He took a chance on him. Maroon was acquired by Shirelli. Griba was acquired in the off season. Um, are 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 they the biggest, strongest players in the league? No, not necessarily, but they're bigger and stronger than what the Oilers had in those positions beforehand. So Shirelli's trying to take the team in that direction. There, there's, there's no, in my mind, there's no doubt about that. Has every guy worked out? Well, no. I don't, and I don't think Maroon's going to be a point a game for the next, for the next few years. I, I, I think Brad, you're, you're, you're identifying a, a problem that is a problem. I, I just, quite frankly, think you're incorrect in saying that the current general manager isn't addressing it. Well, you know, when you when you look at the Anaheim's, you look at the other teams, and 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 the weight that they have, and and the fact that they go out there. And they don't take anything from the Oilers. And, they, and in fact, they knock them around. Yeah, know? sure. Yeah, well, yeah, but the Oilers aren't good. and <laughs> But they're, they're just not good enough. And this isn't Peter Shirelli's team. The The Oilers are not a, a big and strong enough team. They know that. But uh, wh- where do you where do you want him to get the players? Like, you're, if they... The Milan Lucic, that's great to get. But do you think the LA Kings are going to give them up to the Oilers? An Anzi Kopitar. Well, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't come down to one player, though, Rob. I mean, I mean, obviously, I mean, the other teams have gotten the players, so why can't the Oilers? Well, sure. I, I mean, Brad, you're right. I mean, I think, I think fundamentally, we agree. I, I, I mean, but that, so that's what he's going to try to find in the off season, and that's the point I've been making on this show and on, on Inside Sports. Can the Oilers? I mean, look at the, look at, go look at the stats now. There are a lot of guys in the league that have between 18 and 23 goals that you wouldn't call a sniper, but they work hard, they're big enough, they can grind on the forecheck, and when they get the odd chance, they can put it away. Reed, look, look what look what Maroon has done for himself. Look what Hendricks has done for himself. Look, you know, those those players have come onto the team, and look look at how well they've done for themselves. Well, yeah, exactly. That's they're exactly what I'm guys. saying. So, so, yeah, right. And who acquired Maroon? Peter Shirelli. Yeah. Well, that that we, we that's no, what we're Hendricks saying. No, Hendricks doesn't score though. No, Hendri- mean, Hendricks doesn't score. Peter Shirelli no, knows. But they're, they're they're a presence out there, aren't they? Like, yeah. Look at Nurse. I mean, you know, that's. I think it's time where they where you know. I, I think it's time for the team to just to, to stand up and show their presence and uh, go from there. Brad, thanks for calling, man. We appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Quick timeout, then you'll hear from Jordan Everly. Oilers lose 6-4 to the Kings. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, 6-4. The Oilers lose to the Los Angeles Kings. Jordan Everly finishes with a goal and an assist. Strong finish, but you know, tough stretch in the middle there. Just how tough is it to, to leave this building without two points? I know it's a tough team to play against, but especially the way it, it went tonight. Yeah, I mean, it was an up and down game. I thought we uh, started a little lax days, obviously, them scoring for a shift, but um, you know, we responded in, in the first there, coming out of the tie, and then the third, you know, wasn't us. Uh, we got to give LB a little bit more help, um, but I, I liked our compete in the third period. I thought we came back and battled hard and gave us, uh, gave us a chance to win. Which did the, the second goal that they got suck the wind out of your guys' sails? Because that one, you know, you're watching that and it looks like LB's taken out by their player and all of a sudden it's a good goal. Yeah, I mean, you know, for me, I, I disagree with it, but, you know, it's it's their call, so you can't really, you can't really do much about it. You got to be able to now pick yourself up and, and keep going. So, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. That is Jordan Eberly, and that puts a wrap on Terry Peranich overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. L.A. knocking off the Oilers 6-4. My goodness, the Oilers have just four games left in the season. They will be spaced out over the next 14 days. Starting Monday, they host Anaheim, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop. Rob, quickly before we break it up, what's 
whether you're in the playoffs or not, that's got to be challenging as a, for an NHL player with the routine they usually face to only play four times in two weeks. It's odd. Um, the only bonus for, for the Oilers on this one is they have played so much lately they could use a break. And it'll probably feel good to get a practice in there, work on some things, and just have uh, uh, some rest. This Oilers team right now is, is beat up, banged up, tired. They're going to get some rest over the last little while. Unfortunately, it's for a bunch of games that won't have any bearing on playoffs. But I tell you, if this was a playoff stretch, it would be a pretty cool schedule to have coming in because you would get lots of practice time to work on things to get ready. Rob, happy Easter. And yes, it is now Easter. Though You know what? When we both drive home tonight, make sure you don't hit the bunny. That would suck for all the kids tomorrow morning. It is 12:27. The studio producer tonight has been Matthew Panashik. The executive producer of Oilers Hockey on 6:30. Ched is Sid Smith. You can go to the Oilers page on 6:30.ched.com for more. L.A. Kings six, Edmonton Oilers four, Anaheim on Monday. Have a great Easter. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you for listening.